1: F.S. pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Friday, June 30th. And you know what we do on five Fridays. We fight. We fight. We talk about the fights. We talk about the upcoming MMA slate. The UFC Vegas 76. I think I'm right. Vegas 76 is an apex card. Uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Lock tomorrow 12 fight card and uh, you know hope, hopefully all the fights are still on none, none has been canceled we still got the weigh-ins today we'll see but i mean 12 is on the smaller side it's not the smallest but uh i don't think the slate is i i think the slate this is more of a leverage slate than a building a weird combo type of slate i mean well we'll take a look at it and uh and as always. You want to get a breakdown of all the fights, the actual like fight dynamics, how the how the fighters fight? Uh, we got that for Roto Grinders premium subscribers. Just click on that button, click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off. You get the fight breakdowns. You get the ground and pound podcast. You get the expert survey, Squirrel Patrol. The round giving giving his thoughts. Uh, you got the projections that update uh, every day, sometimes twice a day. So check that out. You can build all your lineups in lineup HQ roto grinders premium. Join me in my uh, blenders game theory channel. If you'd like, I do a uh, coaching calls and uh, answer any questions you have. That's so that's, that's typically where you find me if you want to talk strategy. Uh, but, uh, before we get into it, obviously hit that thumbs up button. Give me those dummy thumbs. Subscribe to the channel. If you're new here, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Good morning to the people in the chat. Uh, we got some Watas. Yeah, of course the early birds, D Daniel Hutchings, David Porter. Uh got, got a chance takedown in the showdown in Maine. PG he's got a lot, a lot of letters, right? S <laughs> D, PGA, S B. Well, hopefully that's good news. Hopefully it's good news. Let's make some money, right? Don't dupe me, though. Don't dupe me in uh, tomorrow's UFC slate. Remember, 4 p.m. Eastern lock. Me and Mike brown h3 buddha we'll have crunch time a half an hour before lock so that'll be 3 30 eastern tomorrow uh that's after i i build some lineups i don't know how many lineups i'm going to be playing on on th- this card when we look at the contextual variables of the slate right if we're playing large field gpps especially typically large field gpps you're going to pretty much need the nuts to win right and it's practically all the money's at top right so you want to you get all, you want to have the nut lineup with as little dip, duplication as possible. That's your aim in large field GPPs. So what does that nut lineup more or less probably look like, right? That, that's what we want with the two main contextual variables that we look at for a UFC MMA card. The two contextual variables, size of the slate, spread of the fights. Okay, so I'm going to bring up my, uh, my odd sheet here that I got. Uh, obviously not all filled out yet. I still, these are odds from, uh, from, uh, not the most updated odds. It's from two days ago, but they're, they're, it's, it's close, right? This is like kind of a first look. Uh, and, uh, we first look at the, the, how many fights? 12 fights. Okay. The, the smaller the card, the more we lean towards the side of win equity, especially for the underdogs. The larger the card, we lean more towards ceiling, ceiling outcomes, right? Obviously we'd love ceiling outcomes all the time, right? Right. We'd love to have, you know, our $7,400 fighters scoring 120 points. We'd, we'd love that. Right. But on smaller cards, which means there's less options, it's becomes more and more likely that, you know, an underdog that scores 80 points can make the optimal lineup, Right. As opposed to a 15 fight card, they're just more, fights on the slate more opportunities for other people to outscore them so on like a smaller like i would say this is a mid like for for recent memory this is like a normal slate 12 12 fights but i would still consider it on the slightly smaller side so uh, with with some of these underdogs win equity you know we take a look at like a yana santos or ariana lipsky a luana carolina i mean like pretty much the women's fights like very very poor inside the distance lines right Plus seven hundred for Santos, plus eight hundred for Lipsky, plus nine hundred for Luana Carolina. But I mean, their win odds are like forty one percent, thirty four percent, thirty five percent. Like not hot, not awful for their prices. So even though the, these fighters may not, you know, have the greatest of chances of putting up hundred plus points on a slate like this, their win their win equity is a little bit more valuable. If this is a fifteen fight card. I would have no problem. You know, not playing Luana Carolina, but I have no really no problem playing Ariana Lipsky, right? Santos has a maybe a slightly better path to a finish with you know like armbar from guard, you know something like that. There may be more wrestling in uh, in that matchup, uh, but for the most part, I I don't mind win equity. You know, I don't mind you know sprinkling these 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 fighters in. Uh, because on this list, on this slate, especially when we get to the second contextual variable, it's quite possible that we we don't we don't see many underdogs win, because the second contextual variable is the spreads of the fights. Okay, now when the spreads of the fights are very close, when we have 9K fighters that are still only a two to one favorite, a 9200 ninety four hundred dollar fighter. That means that you know we can see a lot more underdogs win, because the the, the spreads are closer. Which means that the, the the nut lineup could leave more and more salary on the table. And obviously, a lot of people like spending most of their salary. So as you spend more salary, the duplication factor goes up. As you spend less salary, the duplication factor goes down. So on slates where there are very close fights across the board, a lineup that is like 48-8 th- doesn't have that dramatically worse win probability than a 50K lineup, right? This isn't one of those slates. Because on this slate, we got Joe Anderson-Brito is a minus 1,400 favorite at 9,600. Jaram Kutadaladze is, is minus is 700 favorite at 9,400. And then we got Ismail Bombfim, He's minus 350 at 9,200. And then we got, you know, like we got uh, Morales, Petrovic, Gatto and Ferreira. We're all, you know, over two to one favorites. And then we still got like Fakradinov who's about a two-to-one favorite. So they're, 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 the spreads of the fights are, are fairly wide. The closest fights are like strict. The, the main event, the Romanov-Ivanov uh, fight and the Ismagulov dawson fight, those more of the pickem types. And because of the spreads of the fights are much wider on this slate, I mean, it's more likely that, uh, you know, more favorites win than underdogs, which means that the line, the lineup that is the nuts is going to be closer and closer to 50 K. So now that, that, that it's the worst of both worlds, right? It's a smaller slate. You're prioritizing win equity more than ceiling a little bit, a little bit. And, uh, and the, and the, the nut lineup is more likely to be 49.5, 49.7, you know, 50 K, which then you run into duplication problems. Okay. So it's going to be much harder to find lineups that have enough, Win probability, ceiling probability, and under five, you know, duplicates in large field GPPs. So uh, and, and if you find you know a lineup there, there's gonna be lineups that are duplicated 25, 30 times, 40 times, 50 times, you want to avoid those lineups. But we also have uh, several high-leverage opportunities, both in in specific fights as well as in construction because we have very condensed ownership because these some of these itd lines for their price are 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 nuts right first off oh joe anderson burrito most expensive fighter 9600 so a lot of times we go okay 9600 sure yeah he's a 93 percent win probability right but what how many points does he has to have to put up to put be in the optimal lineup i mean like 100 may not even do right 110 may not, may not even do. Well, this dude is minus 475 inside the distance. This dude is minus 225 in the first round. That's a 69% implied, win, uh, implied probability of that. Okay? He's not only he's not only a good striker, but he, he, he wins more of his fights by submission than by knockout. So this guy has wrestling also. He's facing a fighter that, uh, I mean, essentially shouldn't be there. Weston Wilson. It's basically a warm body, right? There, I mean, there are other regional fighters that are way more qualified for this opportunity, but they're just this is this seems like a showcase fight, right? Weston Wilson's plus eight hundred money line, plus twelve hundred inside the distance. Uh, I guess he could land a lucky strike. I guess uh, so. It looks very, very likely. Joe Anderson Burrito's chances of putting up hundred plus points is extremely high. I have him at like around like fifty eight percent ownership at ninety six hundred. Uh, now, obviously, leverage opportunities should just you play Welston Wilson at like three to six percent owned. I don't know what the I, I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure if that's even the best route. I mean, there there is a leverage opportunity there, but I think it's there a bet in the closer fights. They're better leverage opportunities because we have another uh, very, very uh, high owned fighter That's going to be Bruno Ferreira at 8,400. And it probably, it primarily comes to pricing. So when the odds came out, obviously it, the line was closer. He's now a minus 220 favorite, which means if we reprice this, he wouldn't be 8,400. He'd be 8,800. That's what it looks like. 8,800 or 8,900. But it's inside the distance line is minus 170. His first round odds are plus 110. That's a 63% implied probability inside the distance and 48% implied probability in the first round. But, and he's 8,400. Typically, we don't see those numbers on anything other than like nine fighters. okay? His opponent, his opponent is Nursultan Rezibiev, or I don't know how to pronounce his name uh who's uh making his debut making his ufc debut uh more of a wrestler even though bruno ferrera could wrestle also uh plus 260 inside the distance plus 185 uh you know on the money line like this is a this is a two to one you know from a money line perspective this is you know that Ferreira is a two to one favorite has a much better inside the distance line but i have i have Bruno Ferreira is the highest owned fighter on the slate, even above Joe Anderson Burrito. At those numbers, and Ruzibiev at, uh, at like a quarter of that or a third of that, somewhere in the you know the 14-ish percent range. Uh, based on those numbers, I mean, really, the ownership difference shouldn't be that dramatic. Ferreira should, I mean, Ferreira should be very high owned. I think Ferreira should be, it's more likely that Ferreira should be more like 45% owned and Rezibiev be like 24% owned. But that dynamic is kind of out of whack. And because it's a closer fight, I think I'm much more likely to get leverage in that spot than play like Weston Wilson against Juarez and Burrito. But then once you start getting into, well, I want to play Ferrero and Burrito together. Well, now you're playing two nearly 60% fighters together. Like you're really reducing the amount of combinations that are available that will be less duplicated and then you have the main event strickland versus mag magamadoff uh that's also going to be high owned it's a five round fight in the in the mid range which makes it a little bit easier to make the optimal lineup it should be a volume right i think uh uh, strickland is more of a volume striker magamadoff has a little bit more finishing upside uh, but we, I have Strickland at like thirty six percent owned, and Maga at like forty six percent owned. So imagine building that lineup. I mean, imagine building a Brito, Brito, Ferrera, Maga Madoff lineup. Like, like, dude, like you, you got three spots left, and you are sharing points with like a third, thirty five percent of the field right? You got uh remaining average is 8,100. I mean, if you go from there, if you play like a Romanoff, like in the in this fight, now you got 8,000, maybe play Max Griffin against Morales. And then you play uh, Fakradinov against Lee. Like dude, 242% total ownership. You may look at this and go, oh, this looks like a great lineup. It's like, yeah, good luck being duplicated 88 times. These are the types of lineups that you should be avoiding in large field GPPs.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: If you want to in lineup HQ, if you want to even go with a you know, if you want to go with like a Burrito, Burrito, Ferrera, Strickland, Mega Madoff, so like both main event fighters, Burrito Ferrera main event and go max one, I think you could accomplish a lot more. I think there are there are going to be some lineups that would that have two that you'd be fine, right? If you're going to play someone like Ivanov or Ismagulov or you know some of these low low owned. Guys, if you're going to play like Elvis Oliveira against Kuta de Lodze, which I don't necessarily think is the greatest of ideas either, or like a Lipsky, like a ten percent on Lipsky, right? Maybe you could get away with two of them. I would definitely avoid putting all three. Brito Ferreira, and a main event fighter. Like to, to me, that's you. You have three spots left, and how many combos are left of that? There's, in a large field with thirty thousand entries, I wouldn't. I, I am more likely because I'm I'm I have no mind taking risk of doing Brito Ferreira main event fighter Max One, than going from there. That's me, and I'm much more likely just based on just based on the odds to play Brito than Ferreira. Then then Brito over the over Strickland over Magomedov, over Ferreira, only because at minus fourteen hundred money line minus four seventy five inside the distance. Like, this is, this is slaughter. This is slaughter range. Like, Brito could put up 148 points. I mean, like, like this is, like, he can put up so many points that I'll just take him. I'll just take him in that one. I'll find different different way, uh, ways to get different. Some people may go, well, instead of playing Brito, I'm going to play Cuda Lodze, or I'm going to play Bone or something like that. Yes, you could do that as well. That's where you get leverage with construction. So I think there's leverage opportunities with well, if you don't play Brito, you have a lot more paths of constructions than you do other types of lineups. So that's why I that think of it in, in two different buckets. So the first bucket we just talked about of like, well, I'm gonna play Brito, but I'm not gonna play a main event fighter. I'm not gonna play Ferreira. So in that type of lineup, I'm more likely to play Ruza Boev. I'm more likely to play like, like uh Gato, Rosa, you know, you know, I, I could I could fit in. Uh, you know, a um, uh, uh, Ismail bone theme and play like an up and down type of lineup. Right. Maybe you play Blagoy Ivanov against Romanov, who should be popular. Like you, you could, you could, the, the, the amount that you could, uh, you could pivot is much lower because you're using a $9,600 fighter. So you're getting kind of limited in the options that you have while not playing Ferreira and not playing a main event fighter. But if you don't play Brito, then you could, then you have much more opportunities with construction, because then you could, you know, you could essentially avoid the nine k range. You could play lineups that like just bone, like you could play a lineup like this without burrito in it. Let's say you play bone theme, as your highest, uh, as your highest salary lineup. Maybe play bone theme. You play, uh, you, you play, you play Ferrara in this lineup. Play like Maga Madoff. Like you could even play, you know, main event fighter in this type of lineup. You play like Luana Carolina. You play Melissa Gatto and Carol Rosa. You know, you play. You play three women. Right. You're still playing Ferrari. You're still playing Maga Madoff. Much lower ownership. One ninety. It's still it's still high because you're still pairing Ferrari and Maga Madoff together. But even if you don't do that. Let's say you don't play a main event fighter at all, and you just play Ferreira as well. I mean, you could pl- you could play a uh, you know Ivana Petrovic. You could play this type of bone theme Petrovic Ferreira. Maybe you maybe you play uh, a Max Griffin against Morales. Maybe you play a uh, Kevin Lee against Fakradinov. Right, you could you could do something like this. You could build a lineup that bone theme Ferreira Petrovic griffin lee gato i mean you're reducing ownership dramatically just with construction like you're not playing anyone that low owned but the combination of these is going to be much less duplicated and then obviously there are lineups that don't have burrito don't have ferrara and don't have a main event fight i mean that's that that would be the most unique type of construction so that's what you should be thinking about going into this it's like what types of constructions what types of lineups that still have a high win probability, chances of winning first place. Like this isn't the type of slate with these spreads where you should be playing many lineups that leave like three thousand on the table. Yet you'll see, you'll, yet you'll see people do it. But it's also not the type of slate where you just want to blindly play fifty k level lineups, forty nine nine lineups that have like two plus shock pieces in it. Because then you're just gonna you're just gonna start slashing your EV like there's no tomorrow when you see. That you know your lineup is duplicated 34 times, because this is the assessments that I make. Right, this is where this is kind of where like these these ratings come from. Defik asks, can I elaborate on my fighter scoring system and how you use it to generate your lineups? Essentially, that this rating is a weighted version. I'm not going to show you the formula, and I do change it every slate. It takes account the win the money line of the fighter, the inside the distance probability of the fighter, the round one probability of the fighter alongside the median projection and a ceiling projection, and then compares it to, to the ownership. And then you get that, you get that rating for that, what the weights are, right? I mean, I, I also, I also average out multiple projection sources for ownership. I have my own, in here, this is just preliminary. I just threw it in because I didn't want to just go by the RG ownership. And then I get these ratings, which basically tells basically says to me what fighters are overowned and what fighters are underowned. So, like right now, like this is only preliminary. I have fighters that are that are I have I have burrito at 58% projected owned and still underowned. Right, based on these ratings, right? I have Petrovic at nineteen percent ownership, as a bit under owned. I have Michael Morales at twenty two percent, a bit over owned. I have Gatto at twenty nine percent, a bit. Now about now, nah, now Fakradinov is a bit over owned. Ferrera at fifty nine percent, I actually have is a bit under owned because he's minus one seventy at eighty four hundred. But then I got guys like you know like, like Ivanov. And Dawson, like I have Dawson, at, at if he's going to be 27% owned, I have him as, as decently over-owned. I have Ruzaboev as a little bit under-owned if he comes in at 14%. If Elvis Oliveira is 11% owned, I have him as, as over-owned. I, even at 11%, I have him as over-owned. But of course, this is just preliminary right now. I still have to update... I have to update the lines from two days ago. I have to aggregate all the ownership, put in the other projection sources. So this may change a little bit, for, but this is what kind of, kind of what it looks like. Like Ferreira just, I mean, yeah, Ferreira, I I, I much prefer Ruzabove for leverage than Ferreira, but I mean, it's hard to ignore a minus 220 fighter with a minus 170 inside the distance line and nearly a coin flip to win in the first round. That could win both by knockout and by ground and pound and with grappling at 8,400. Ferrer could outscore burrito, right? With that ITD line. So saving 1,200 and then allowing you to play so many other different combinations with that $8,400 fighter, just, I mean, it makes it more appealing. But of, of course, you know, it's not. it's not a given. There's a much difference between a 69% win probability on the money line and a 93% win probability on the money line. Defix says, you don't think Magomedov will be the highest since it's the only five-rounder? No, only because people will play Strickland as well. I think Magomedov will be the highest owned underdog. Do I think 60%? No. Because there's going to be still too much, too many people playing strong Strickland as well, so that's why I put him in the, like the the low to mid 40s, especially in a slate where you don't really like many of the underdogs. I mean, the most of a lot of these underdogs are are have a have a two to one chance to lose. I mean, they're not it's not that close. And you have the you know the women's fighters who have like limited ceilings. You got Oliver and Wilson that have like plus one thousand, plus twelve hundred inside the distances. You got three women's fights that are like 10, 12, 13% ITDs, right? You just, you don't have, you don't have much there. Like I don't, Max Griffin and Benoit Saint-Denis aren't like people that you're like excited to play. Can they win? Sure. But their ITD lines aren't that great either. So you're left with what? You're left with Kevin Lee's coming off like a, a long layoff and. Although he faced great competition earlier, who knows? Who knows what he's going to look like? The last time he didn't look well. I mean, he went to like Eagle FC or some. He went to some other promotion, and now he's facing Fakradinov, who essentially everyone is trying to duck. Right? He's destroyed his past two opponents. There's maybe a step up in competition if it's he, if it's Kevin Lee that from before, but it's quite possible that he wipes the mat with him also. So it's like, you know, you look down here and you go, well, who, do I, who the hell am I playing? Even Ivanov, like Ivanov against Romanov. Yeah, if Romanov gasses, Ivanov, you know, he could he could finish Romanov, but Ivanov really doesn't do much. This is a, this is a slow heavyweight fight. If Ivanov's winning, you know, it's probably plus 315 in a heavyweight fight doesn't, isn't all that appealing. So it's like, who do you play down here? That's why you take a look and you see see a lot of people will play Maga Madoff. I think a decent amount will play Kevin Lee. I think not many people are going to play Michael Morales. I mean, he's a young prospect. Probably much better than Max Griffin, but I'm not sure if this line should be that wide where Morales should be a minus 250 favorite. So like between 9,000 and 7,200, this seems more of the type of fight that would be like 8,600, 7,600, if anything. So I can see people playing Max Griffin. Then you have Petrovic, who is uh, you know, making she's making her debut. I don't think the what the what the, the the line should be that wide against Luana Carolina. Yeah, Petrovic is, is a wrestler. Petrovic has a path to a lot of points. I mean, Luana, Luana Carolina has, has nothing on the mat. But I don't consider Petrovic. I mean, she's she's like what, six and zero. It's not like she's processed or anything. So a lot of these women's fights could go, who knows? It's 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 lower level women's MMA. Like Gatto is fairly green. Carol Rose to look good in the beginning. I mean, in some of her wins, she looks really good on the feet, volume striking. And then in some fights, it's like, what are you doing? Like just ends up doing nothing. Or gets taken down and controlled for 12 minutes, even though she can wrestle. So I just think the, a lot of the field are going to look at a lot of these underdogs and go, ugh, "Ugh." But truthfully, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the underdogs, going, "Ugh." Right. So that's why I'm much more likely. Like, how do I, how do I play a dog? And not go, oh, well, that's why it's like, okay, well, I'll play Ruza Boev against a, a, a 50 to 60 percent on Bruno Ferreira. It's like, okay, well, I could take care of that. And then I could still play Magomedov Madoff in that lineup. And then I have I have my underdogs taken care of. Maybe I have to take, maybe I have to take a shot on one of these people. I just don't feel like I want to take shots on two or three in the same lineup. As much. So that's my thoughts. First look on the UFC. Vegas seventy six card. Obviously, the ground and pound podcast will be coming out today, so you can hear all of Liam and Mike's takes how they think the fights are going to play out. The expert survey will be coming out, Uh, so that's all for Roto Grinders premium members. Ownership and projections will be updated later today as well as tomorrow, and then we'll have the crunch time program free, sponsored by FanDuel. So show up three thirty. Eastern tomorrow, me and Mike, leading right up until lock. That I already have my lineup up so I'll have a, all of this filled out and uh, and more of you know what I'm actually doing. And we'll break down some more stuff about strategy then. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up button if you like the free content. Right, this is this is hey, Roto Grinders doesn't do. Uh, I mean, we don't do any free MMA content. It's all it's all behind the paywall. Is the only thing. So if you want to, if you want this show on Fridays to continue going, that's you smash the thumbs up, the like button. You hit the subscribe button if you're new, and you hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got baseball stuff today, right? You got PGA showdown stuff, right? We got uh, stuff. coming back soon. We'll have some preseason content. We've WNBA projections. You want to? You want to play that? We got soccer stuff. We got everything. So click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month for RotoGrinders Premium Subscription. And uh, and have a good weekend. I'll be back. I'll be back next week. Send in your questions. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. Because that's I'm here to answer them. That's what I do Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame Show on rotogrinders.com.